My name is Ubuni, assistant to Buddhist monks in a Buddhist monastery. I am now 65, but I couldn't find assurance for my life after death in Buddhism. Thank you for your radio program. I listen to Life Word regularly, and I know Christ is the only God who could save me from eternal damnation. Even though I have not yet professed my faith in public, I am so thankful that Christ died for my sins. I have a living hope through Christ, and I believe He gives me eternal life. Pray for me so that I would become a follower of Christ by baptism. Some Buddhists and even monks came to me and to discuss with me about Christ. I shared and explained as much as I know. As I share Christ, there is much opposition. Please write me how to share Christ with them more effectively. There are several people who are gathering to listen to LifeWord regularly. Good morning. Thank you, South City and Pastor Drew, for allowing me to be here today. I feel like I'm at home. I spent a lot of time in this building and in this church. When you were Temple Baptist Church, I admire what is going on here. I worshiped the Lord this morning. I don't know about you. Would you join with me in thanking Brother Darrell and this team for leading us in worship today. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, let me tell you, I love this place. I love your pastor. I love his wife. They are, they're like mine. And, uh, you know, they're, they're old now, bless their hearts. But I remember when they were children, and I used to whip them regularly. And... Um, no, I didn't. I love them a lot. And uh, I'm honored. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me be here today. So another thing that I want you to know today is, yes, LifeWord is who I serve. That's the ministry I serve. But I actually serve you. I work for you as you uh, participate in the ministries of the Baptist Missionary Association of America. About 1,200 churches across America that join hands, hearts, and resources. Some of them very small, some of them larger, some of them in the, a lot of them in the country, some of them in the city. And we join hands, hearts, and resources, and we say, yes, Lord, together, we'll fulfill your great commission. We'll take the message of Jesus to the nations. And I want you to know that life word is part of that. And 
Did you know that Life Word actually had its beginning right here in this church? Over 50 years ago, there were a group of men in this church that said, this is a ministry we need to get behind. And they formed the first board. In fact, Life Word really began out of this church. So thank you. You're kind of my bosses. So if you need somebody to wash your car after a while, I'll pay somebody to do that for you. But no, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's an honor to be here today. And I want to thank you so much for uh, being a part of our ministry. I, I want you to know today that I want to tell you a little bit about LifeWord. We're a, mini- a media ministry that is today reaching one-fourth of the world every day with the gospel. People can hear and understand the gospel through LifeWord. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 43 languages of the world, 100 unique programs, and one of those programs, Lori Klein does every day. Oh, yeah, t- Tuesdays and Thursdays, and she's doing a tremendous work. And um, Lori's show, Lori show is reaching almost 100,000 people a week. Isn't that crazy? And she's just getting started. So uh, you're doing good, Lori. You really are. You really are. I didn't doubt she wouldn't. So uh, thank you so much. I want to tell you about Life Word, but uh, I want to do that in the context of God's Word. Can we do that? So let's read God's Word together. If you will, turn with me to Luke And uh, we'll begin in chapter 19. And, you know, I know this is a God thing today because Brother Elvis, where are you at, Elvis? Did you stick around for service today? He may not have stuck around for the preaching. Oh, he's translating the sermon. Well, Elvis, you tried to preach my message during small group meeting this morning. So uh, I think this is a God thing. Elvis was talking about this passage of Scripture this morning, and I thought, man, don't go very far These people want to hear this twice. But uh, I love this passage of Scripture. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. You know, the Bible is a book of stories. It's amazing. It's a book of stories about people, and it's really a book of stories about one person, and that's our God. He's the star, and Jesus is the star, and there's a bunch of people just like me and you that were involved in these stories. And this is one of my favorite. And being a little old school, if this is okay, Pastor, I'm going to ask you to stand out of reverence to God's Word as we read it together. Luke chapter 19, the Bible says, Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very what? Very what? Yeah. Isn't it funny how Dr. Luke decided to focus on that? I think that's unusual, and I want to talk to you about that in just a moment. Zacchaeus was rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, come down, 
I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Would you read verse 10 out loud with me, please? For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Father, I pray you'd take your word and the Lord, we would learn a little bit more about your heart today. We'd be able to push through and see what really, what really your character is all about. And we'd understand your mission. And Father, we'd want to join you on that mission. I love you. I love this, this church. I love these people. I pray you'd bless us as we study your word together. And all God's people said, you may be seated. So there's a lot of things about this passage that I really love. Uh, Jesus is now making his way toward Jerusalem. Uh, He's on his way to the cross. Um, The time for teaching is almost over. The time for spending time with people is almost over. And he is making his way to Calvary. And the Bible says that along the way, he's stopping in village after village, town after town, and he's sharing the good news. He's loving on people. He's healing people. And he's sharing with them why he's there. And as he goes through this little town called Jericho, the folks there knew he was coming. The word had gotten out. And let me tell you, Jesus, by this time, he's a star. There had been a lot of people come, said they were the Messiah. But nobody was raising people from the dead. And now the word was out that Jesus was coming. And so look, it's not like you're watching the fair parade or something like that. As Jesus comes through the town, people aren't standing on the side of the road, you know. Imagine a mob. And look, there's, there's thousands and thousands of people because everybody's headed toward Jerusalem. You know why? It's Passover. They're all headed that way. Millions of people are going toward Jerusalem. And so not only do you have all the people that live there in Jericho, but you've got millions of other people, and they're all making their way that way. And so imagine this mob scene. And folks want to see Jesus. They want, they've heard about him. And people are trying to touch him. A lot of sick people in Jesus' day. A lot of people with needs. And they're all trying to touch him. And so can you see this picture with me? It's not like, you know, the Razorbacks are coming down the hill and everybody's standing on either side of the road. It's a mob scene. And so as Jesus is going through the town, all of a sudden he stops and turns and looks up in a tree and finds one guy, a guy named Zacchaeus. Now, we all know Zacchaeus, right? Because Zacchaeus was a what? There you go. 
I grew up in South Louisiana. I met one of my brothers from New Orleans this morning. Where's he at? Where's my name? Who that? Who that? So when I grew up in Baton Rouge, we had a man named Joe Melanson that would come. And every Sunday morning in my Sunday school class, we would sing about Zacchaeus and he would play a squeeze box. And we would sing one verse in English and one verse in Cajun French. Well, they did. I didn't. I didn't know what they were saying. But, but we would always sing about Zacchaeus. And I really grew up thinking, Lori, I thought Jesus was about this high when I was a kid. I did. I thought he was like G.I. I mean, Zacchaeus. I thought he was about this high. I thought he was like, kind of like G.I. Joe, you know, because we always talked about him being a... And so I always pictured Zacchaeus as kind of like a cartoon. And, um, but the Bible doesn't picture him that way. He wasn't only a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Now, look. If there was anybody hated in Jesus' day, it was tax collectors. Is there anybody here that works for the IRS? Let's talk about them a minute, okay? No, it's, it's just a joke. Tax collectors back in Jesus' day were the most hated people. I mean, they were traitors. They were Jews that had been picked out by the Roman government to collect the taxes from the Jewish people. So the Roman government would tell these guys, get our money. And then if you want to squeeze them for a little bit more, you put that in your pocket. But Zacchaeus, he wasn't just a tax collector. He was the boss of the tax collectors. Zacchaeus was the guy that if you couldn't pay your taxes, He'd show up at your house. You can't pay your taxes? I'll just take one of your children. You can't pay your taxes? I'll just take your wife. Hey, men, that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay your taxes. You got it? <laughs> so, it's just a joke. Don't be offended. Do you get the picture? Hated man. The most hated man in town. So as Jesus comes through town, he's got this Jesus movement going. And if he was like most guys in the ministry today that live today, he would, he would probably have been thinking, you know, what have I got to do to keep this movement happening here? Maybe the, maybe the pastor from First Baptist was standing on the side of the road. I need to get in with that guy. Or the pastor from First Assembly. Let me get in with him. They're the guys that can make me, you know, get the movement going. But instead, instead of getting with the religious people, he finds the most hated guy in town. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm not going to his house, and I'm not going to him. I'm going to go to your house today. And Zacchaeus throws a party for Jesus. And so guess who his friends were? Other tax collectors. 
They were the only one. So now you've got this basket of deplorables. Just a joke. The, a basket, this group of just hated people. And they're all in one room. And Jesus has decided to go be with all these hated people. And the Bible says that all the folks, the good folks, stood outside and grumbled. And so I don't know when it happened. I don't know how long it took. But evidently there's all the good people standing outside looking inside the windows. And somewhere down the line, Zacchaeus gets it. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, Zacchaeus understands this is the Messiah. This is what I've been looking for. I've been searching all this time and I thought I could fill things up with money and stuff and things. And here he is. This is what I've been looking for. Hey, Jesus, all these people I've ripped off, I'm going to give half of what I own away. And if I have defrauded people, I'm going to give them four times back as much. And Jesus said, you just got saved today, Zacchaeus. Now watch. Did Zacchaeus get saved because he decided to do a good thing? No. Zacchaeus was saved, and then he decided to do a good thing. Right? It was because he got saved that Zacchaeus decided to do a good thing. And then Jesus does something, and it really blows my mind that he decided at this moment to do this. I don't know whether he walked outside and made this statement, Drew. I don't know whether he raised the window and told everybody, but Dr. Luke heard him. Jesus decides at this moment to give us his mission statement at the end of his ministry. He says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save people who are lost. That's Jesus' mission statement. Can I say this to you today? That's our mission statement too. That's our job. That's why we're here. Ladies and gentlemen, the church can do a lot of great things. But if we miss this mission statement, we blow it. This is why Jesus came. And ladies and gentlemen, the church doesn't need a new mission statement. We've got a great mission statement. We need to join Jesus in his great mission. And that is what we're trying to do at LifeWord. And I want to show you one place around the world, tiny spot, that you've never heard of where LifeWord is doing that today. Manera, Philippines. Isolated, remote, no one really knows how many people live in these jungles. They are nameless and faceless to most of the world. But not to LifeWord's Pita Tabog. Pete has been taking the gospel of Jesus to the people of his native country for over 40 years. And now, through LifeWord Community Radio, 
Pete is teaching the people of Monera to use media to help plant new churches and reach their own community for Christ. For three years, we have done it in the Philippines. In fact, right now, I think we have about five small radio stations in different places. And uh, it gives actually, you know, a, a becoming a tool to the local church and local community to start with a mission. So right now, I think the difference between before and now is that Lifeford is now involving in church planting ministry, mm -hmm. which we have not, I, I'm not saying we have not been doing that in the past, but we are doing it more effectively now than before. Lifeword Community Radio gives ministry ownership to the local church. Lifeword helps provide broadcast training and part of the startup cost for a low power transmitter. But the daily outreach of the radio station is put in the hands of the local church. The training Lifeword provides spurs the imagination of the local broadcasters to produce compelling and entertaining gospel programming. And it challenges local programmers to innovate. How do you power a radio station where there is no electricity? You use the streams of water provided by God and His mountains to build your own hydroelectric plant. This radio station is the most effective uh, ministry here in the mountains. The most effective way to catch people to Christ. Recently, the U.S. LifeWord team took the tough journey into the Philippine jungle to experience the impact of LifeWord Community Radio in the region of Manera. It was amazing. New churches are being planted. Existing churches are being strengthened. The station has been such a blessing to the churches that upon arrival of the LifeWord team, many of the church members in the area had gathered to offer the LifeWord team a meal, just as a way to say thank you. Like in Manara, for example, you know, um, after a year of doing this, there had been people in, you know, about five miles from the station that have heard the gospel. But uh, what are we going to do that? What are, what are we going to do about it? So we started, uh, we have made it as a mission. And right now, there, there's a mission point there Amen. with about uh, 30 baptized believers. And the thing is that I realized that they they need a missionary to, do, to go there. In 38 languages around the world, to a potential listening audience of billions, LifeWord is continuing to use radio and the internet to share the saving message of Christ in a very big way. But in the remoteness of Manera and the jungles of Africa, and in the isolated villages of Central and South America, LifeWord Community Radio is thinking small, organic, indigenous, LifeWord is teaming up with BMA missionaries to help plant local churches and to train local gospel programmers to take His message to their own people. Because sometimes, to share the love of a big God, you have to think small, intimate, local. You change. You adapt. You do whatever it takes to reach people that others have forgotten. Because there are no insignificant people to our God and he wants the entire world to know of his love. So LifeWord's broadcasting on high-power transmitters that carry, just cover continents. But we also have these many small micro radio stations that sometimes will reach only 15 to 20 miles in diameter. And you say, well, Donnie, 
that's not a very big radio station. Well, what do you have to realize is the people that live there, they're all on foot. And they'll never leave where they are. And they've never had their own radio station. And so when a missionary goes in, we go in before them with a radio station. And Dr. John David Smith, the executive director of BMA Missions, says that BMA missionaries are four times more successful in planting a church when LifeWord goes in before them. And so we're helping with church planting around the world. We'd love to talk to you, brother, about maybe some opportunities there because we have some of these low-power stations all over Africa. In fact, we have over 120 of those little radio stations around the world right now. And every time we plant one, a church springs up. Pretty cool. Oh, that guy, Petey Tabog, he works for us at LifeWord. In fact, he's worked at LifeWord a lot longer than anybody on our team has. Pete's been there for over 40 years working for LifeWord. He has a, that, that um, you saw that electric plant that we, we built there? Well, Pete built that because he has a master's degree in engineering from the University of Manila. In fact, Pete was a communist guerrilla intent on overthrowing the Philippine government until he met one of our missionaries. And he got saved, and now he may be the best missionary we've got. Uh, he preaches the gospel every day in five different languages over television, radio, and the internet there in the Philippines. And then now he's planted about 20 of these micro radio stations all in the jungle there, and every one of those is connected now to either a mission or a church. Isn't that cool? So God's blessing in a lot of different ways. Um, I want to show you something that, oh, oh, and uh, Pastor Andrew, that young guy you saw up there, he, he's a pretty cool guy too when I was over there making this video. Pastor Andrew, when we got the power station started, everybody over there in the Philippines and just about everywhere around the world, no matter where you go, has one of these. You can go in the deepest jungle and people got one of these. Everybody's carrying a cell phone. In fact, everything we do at LifeWord now is for these. We produce everything for smartphones. And um, so Pastor Andrew, you, ask, you have to ask yourself, well, how do those people keep those things powered up? Well, a lot of them use solar power, little solar power deals to keep their cell phone, but it takes a long time. So Pastor Andrew, when we built the, the power station there, he had a good idea. He built a power, powering station, a plug-in place right beside the church. <laughs> so every day people get up and they walk to the church to power their cell phones. And he preaches to them. <laughs> He's a smart young man. And uh, we're, we're glad that Pastor Andrew's on our team. So, these small radio stations, Donnie, what's the big picture with all of those? Well, I had Lori help me put together a little, this is my, listen, you got to, this is my version of a cartoon, okay? Real quick, I want to show you how these small radio stations fit into the big picture of trying to reach the world for Jesus, so if you'll roll that. Imagine for a moment that you're a missionary attempting to plant a new church in a remote, distant part of the world. The people that you're wanting to reach all live within a 15-mile radius of you, and none of them own a car. They walk everywhere they go. Now imagine that you could talk to these people by radio, 
LifeWord Community Radio, and that you're the only game in town. They have no other radio station to listen to. You have a radio station to tell them about your church and your Jesus. What a tremendous tool. What a tremendous opportunity. There's a lot to do when you plan a new church. There are people to meet. There's ministry to do. You can't spend all your time programming a radio station. And you don't have to. LifeWord is providing you with hours of broadcasting through the LifeWord network. You see, LifeWord has a cloud, a broadcast treasure trove of interesting, inspiring gospel programming that you can stream and send out on your radio station. And then you can interrupt their stream anytime to teach, to preach, to talk to the people you are attempting to reach with the gospel. So you get to do what you're called to do, plant a new church. Only you can do that much faster than you ever dreamed. And you can tell more people about Jesus than you ever thought possible, all because of the LifeWord cloud. But not only you, people from all around the world can come to one place, lifeword.org, and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their heart language. They can become a disciple of Jesus all because of the LifeWord cloud. So I want you, to, want you to imagine for just a moment, if there was a, a place that people could go, one place where people could go and find out who Jesus Christ really is. Imagine if there was a website and people were asking the question, who is Jesus to you? and you lived in a place like Cairo, Egypt, and you, were, you wondered who Jesus really was. And when you clicked on this icon, this link that says jesustoyou.com, if you hit that, if you went to this website, there was an opportunity for there to be a drop-down menu and for you to hit Arabic and that whole website convert to Arabic, and there would be somebody there to tell you who Jesus Christ was. That's becoming a reality. That's what we're doing at LifeWord. We've been working for the past year and a half on the technology, the LifeWord Cloud. And we are in the process right now, we, the LifeWord Cloud is up, lifeword.org, and we have five languages that are loaded there now. We believe within the next five years, we are going to be able to provide people around the world who speak over 200 languages the opportunity to know who Jesus Christ is. We've bought the domain to jesustoyou.org.com and we're asking the question around the world, who is Jesus to you? And already in one month, we've seen thousands of people hit that to find out who Jesus Christ is. We've loaded our five first five languages. People can go there. We've had to meta-tag a bunch of stuff and make sure that folks can find what they're looking for. Doesn't do any good to have that up there if you, people can't find what they're looking for. So if you come to our website and you're in Cairo and you speak Arabic and you want to know, well, what did Jesus have to say about the afterlife? You can go in there and ask that question in Arabic and you'll have opportunity to find out. There'll be somebody there that'll tell you. And all kind of documents for you to read. 
the truth about who Jesus is. Can I say this to you? The Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons have been working on this technology for a long time, and they've beat us all to the punch. But, not, but it won't last long because life word's in the game now. And we're going to be telling people who Jesus is in their heart language around the world. I want to show you and close today by showing you this short video. For over 50 years, LifeWord's been dreaming about how do we reach the world for Jesus. And the time has come through the LifeWord cloud. Watch this video. One day, Jesus was walking with the disciples across the Valley Kidron. They had been looking at the temple. The disciples had been showing him the temple, talking what a magnificent structure that was. And Jesus had told them, you know what? It's not going to be long until every stone on this building is going to be laid to waste. They were perplexed by that. They walked through the, uh, from the city. They walked through the Valley Kidron. They walked up to the Mount of Olives, and the, the disciples evidently been thinking about what Jesus was saying, and they begin to plow, ply him with questions. So when will the end come? When's the end going to come, Lord? When will that happen? And Jesus began to tell them all sorts of, he gave them all sorts of dire warnings and painted a pretty, I don't know, depressing picture. He said, man, nations are going to rise against nations. Believers are going to be persecuted, terrible things, natural phenomena, incredible earthquakes, things like that are going to happen. But then Jesus said something that captured my heart. I was, in fact, <laughs> I woke up on the Mount of Olives one morning there in Jerusalem, and I got up early because I wanted to see the sun rise over the old city. I'd always dreamed of being there. Been to some great places with you, Brother Jerry. Seen some cool things. I've never seen anything as magnificent as the old city. There's the eastern gate where my Lord is going to walk through that gate when he comes back. And I'm sitting there on the Mount of Olives that morning, and I'm reading this passage. And Jesus said, 
you'll know the end is near when every nation has heard this gospel preached. Could it be, I don't know, could it be that when man created the internet, the magnificent plans he had for the internet, could it be that what man didn't know was that my God already had a plan for the internet and that he was going to use that tool to preach the gospel to every nation of the world? I don't know, but I do know this. If that's true, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a ministry that hastens that day. And that's why I'm working at LifeWork. Because I want to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can I say this to you too? Your church is part of that plan. Every nation of the world is moving to this country. And they're here. They're in Little Rock. They're at your doorstep. And God has a plan for you. Listen, does your heart break for the nations? Does it? For people that need to know the Lord? Life Word's involved in that. But can I, can I say this to you? You're involved in that right now, right here in this place. There's a lot of people in this town that need to know that Jesus loves them. And you're sitting in a strategic place there's not a church in Little Rock that has as much potential as this church does. I believe that. Will you allow God to break your heart for what breaks is? Would you bow your head with me for this, this morning for just a moment? I'm going to ask our instrumentalist to come and your pastor to come. I'm not sure what God has said to you today. I'm not sure what God wants you to do. Can I say this to you today, though? When Jesus found Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus found Jesus, it's amazing to me that Jesus waited till that time in his ministry to declare to the people of that day why he had come. He simply said, I had one purpose in coming to this world to seek and to save people who are lost. I don't know that I like that term, Donnie, lost. That's pretty, you know, politically incorrect to call somebody lost. Can I say this to you today? That's where I was before my God came into my life. Lost. Didn't know who I was. Didn't know where I was headed. But Jesus came into my life and he gave me real life. And maybe you're here today and you feel lost. If you've never met Jesus, you are. You're lost. I wish that wasn't true, but it is. But here's the good news.
just like Jesus came into Jericho that day and he came that day looking for Zacchaeus he's in this place today and I want you to know he's looking for you he loves you you don't know what I've done Donnie let me tell you there's no I don't there's nothing you've done that could have been as bad as Zacchaeus and Jesus picked him out and said, I want to spend time with you. And Jesus wants to spend eternity with you. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, that's me. I'm lost. And I'm like Zacchaeus, I'm looking. I'd like to see who Jesus really is. Well, let me tell you, you've got a church. You've got some people here that will show you and will love you just like you are. So in just a moment, man, I'm going to give you the opportunity just to come down to the front, take Pastor Drew by the hand and say, I don't know what this is all about, I'm, but I know I'm looking. I know something and not... I know something's missing in my life. I feel lost. Maybe you're here today and you're not on mission for God. This church is on mission. They are. I know these people. I know this team. And they're on mission. Can I say to you, life begins, real life begins when you get on his mission. <laughs> That's when it gets fun. And maybe you'd come and join this fellowship and get on mission with them. Or maybe you'd just like to come and pray and say, God, help me be on mission for you. Help our church to be on mission for you. Whatever God wants you to do, I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today and spend time looking at the great word from Dr. Luke about who Jesus really is, a compassionate God who loves people right where they are and loves people just like they are, but is willing to spend his life with them and allow them to spend their life with him. And I pray today, God, that if there's people here that for the first time they've realized he's what I'm looking for. He's what I've been looking for all this time. That Father, they'd respond this morning. Just come and take Drew by the hand. They don't have to have all the answers today. They just need to come seeking Jesus. And then, Father, I pray for people that are here today that are not on mission. It's interesting to me that Jesus would rather spend time with a bunch of sinners in a house with the good people looking in than he would with a bunch of people who are just playing religious games. I pray we wouldn't be those people. That we'd be people on mission for you today. I love you. Thank you for looking for me and finding me. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Would you stand?